are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Matt Donnelly. Hello, fellas. All right. Uh, this week in his... I'm sorry. I, I always say it, and then I say, Nate, you say it. Go ahead, Nate. One of you guys can try it. No, it's, it's really you, not man. that hard. It's you. Okay. This week in, in history. history. Yes. All right. So uh, we're covering the days of August 9th through August 15th. So we'll start off with August 9th. Well, if we're going to yeah. continue our um, path down Hawaiian history, the yes. uh, first horses were introduced to Hawaii. So again, you know, that formal introduction that they have, <laughs> horses, Hawaiians, Hawaiians, horses. They have like a long line of things and people. <laughs> They're shaking their hooves. Speaking of Hawaii, uh, famous resident of Hawaii was uh, Gomer Pyle. He died on August 9th, 2001. Gomer Pyle. Jim Neighbors. <laughs> Jim Neighbors uh, famously uh, had the character of Gomer Pyle. He was also a very successful nightclub singer in Las Vegas and put out a bunch of albums, has an amazing singing voice. Uh, he was homosexual. He uh, had a long-term partner, uh, 38 years, and they got married as soon as, actually, it looks like the state of Washington made same-sex legal. He was 82 years old when he married his partner. August 9th, first night game at Wrigley Field, 1988. Yeah. Chicago Cubs defeat the New York Mets at Chicago's Wrigley Field. We you watched that, were, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, we watched that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge deal. It uh, was a huge true. deal. I remember, I'm kind of a mild Cubs fan, but I remember like counting, da- case. <laughs> counting down the days to watch that first night game. There was just something yeah. exciting about that first night game. They had somebody flip the switch. The, Wrigley, the Cubs do this a lot, where they blow up a ball or they flip a switch, it feels like. Or, <laughs> but they had some... Like the longest, I'll have to look this up. He was like the, held the longest season ticket holder or something. Jim Belushi. <laughs> it had to be yeah. Bill Murray. Harry Grossman. Uh, what a name. Harry Grossman. <laughs> uh, 91-year-old Cubs fan. I would have chosen Hector Villanueva <laughs> just to make Harry say Hector Villanueva. Hello again, everybody. Harry Carey at Wrigley Field on this noteworthy night indeed. 8888. That's the date. And this bud's for you, Bill Murray. Thank you, Harry. I've been dying under these lights until you handed me this thing. It's such a pleasure to see you, especially on a noteworthy event like this one. How's your mother, by the way? My mother is, uh, she's off the booze, real pretty, but she's doing really well. Have you thought about broadcasting baseball as something after you're tired of being a great star of movies, stage? Television, screen, whatever you have. I think when I completely lose my mind here, I'm going to step right up into your spot here in the booth. Bill Murray, a priceless guy. 
Don't go away now because we're going to be back with the first night baseball game ever played at Wrigley Field. Nineteen forty-four was the first poster with Smokey the Bear, and I don't think it's the Bear. I think it's Smokey Bear. Oh, it is. It does say Smokey Bear. Have, don't you guys call him Smokey the Bear though? The Bear, but I think his last name is Bear versus okay. uh, the Bear. Maybe his middle name is the. Yeah. The only thing I thought of when I saw Smokey the Bear was I remembered Mitch Hedberg. I went to England to tell jokes. I wanted to do Smokey the Bear joke in England, so I had to ask the English if they know Smokey the Bear was, but they don't. Because in England, Smokey the Bear is not the forest fire prevention representative. <laughs> they have Smacky the Frog. It's just like a bear, but it's a frog. I think that's a better system. I think we should adopt it. Because bears can be mean. But frogs are always cool. Like, never has there been a frog hopping toward me. And I thought, man, I better play dead. The Manson murders, the Sharon Tate murders were on August 9th. There's always been a question as to why Charles Manson chose them, chose that house, because he didn't have any connection to those people. But he did have a connection to the Beach Boys. So Dennis Wilson at the Beach Boys you know, kept bugging his producer to give Manson a shot. So he finally did. The producer's name was Terry Melcher. He allowed Manson to come in and do a, uh, a studio, uh, have some time, studio time. And Terry Melcher basically just said no way after meeting this guy and after listening to him do the studio time and everything. And so he felt rejected by Terry Melcher. Terry Melcher used to live in that house. Oh, Um, I see. But Manson knew that he didn't live there anymore. He actually went there and I think he saw that Sharon Tate lived there. Basically, that then was Manson's justification. He felt like Sharon Tate was like the epitome of the Hollywood establishment that would never let him in to the entertainment business. And so they murdered them. They wrote you know, words on the walls in their blood uh, to try and incite a race war between the Black Panthers and whites, I guess. And then they were going to sit back in the desert and wait for it to all pan out before they could return the Manson family and sort of be in control. So it's all just craziness. There's always some interesting stuff about Charles Manson, like his mom. He had a horrible childhood. His mom, as a baby, sold him successfully sold him to a waitress for a pitcher of beer. Uh, his mom was later arrested for robbing a gas station with a ketchup bottle. So, <laughs> Did she actually do the old trope where you put a ketchup bottle in your pocket and pretend it's a gun? Or did she rob trying. it like she's got her hand on the bottom like she's going to spank the bottle and get some ketchup on them? <laughs> like they actually knew it was ketchup. Everyone in the room knew it was ketchup. No. No, I don't know. The other little piece of history about this house was that uh, Trent Reznor recorded the downward spiral, Nine Inch Nails famous album there at the house really Um, didn't know that and then the house is now it lived in by the creator of the television series full house so continues to have a dark history whoa (laughs) jerry garcia died 1995 oh great day (laughs) he was only 53 he looks like he was 93 when he died i agree he was 53 even if you see stuff from him back in the 70s he looked old he does. Yeah, gray he does. hair, gray beard. But yep. uh, my son was going through his playlist the other day, and my 16-year-old's got good taste in music. And then it came up that he had a Grateful Dead song, and I made sure I ripped into him pretty good about his choice. Oh, of come on, having man. There's, a, a, there's a handful of good ones. It's trash, man. It's just jam band crap. It's not music. It's just <clears throat> it's like noodling. It's just... Casey Jones? No, it's noodling. It's just all a bunch of noodling. <laughs> It's that. No, it all goes in the garbage. There's nothing all that can be saved. Burn it all. Driving that train, high 
of cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. I had the uh, 1893, the first magazine devoted to bowling, uh, was mm. published in the United States. Didn't know they had <laughs> bowling magazines, but uh, was it called? One, what was it called? It was called uh, Gut Holes. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Gut Holes. Yeah. Two things that bowling guys like. <laughs> 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 we know our audience. Don't Wait, mess with us. But why do you why do you need a bowling magazine? <laughs> you don't need it. I mean, everyone it, likes bowling. I think rich and poor. Are, it's okay. Like bowling? Oh, okay. Bowling. Here's what I don't like about bowling in college or whenever you're with a, a group of people, they're like, "Hey, let's go bowling," and everybody's like, "Yeah, that sounds like a fun thing to do." And because when you're there, you think you, but you think you'll be talking, but when you're there, you're not talking. Have you noticed this? There's a con. There's, the rotation is off. It's too much of you having to watch and get up. The, the noise is too yeah. much. The dynamic is not quite right. I think there needs to be like a bowl, a lounge where you're called, like a green room where you're called <laughs> in. You called away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the time you get back, it's your turn again. I'm gonna have to find this magazine. What's it called again, Matt? It's called uh, Gut Holes. <laughs> gut holes gut holes.com <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't google that if i was and hole, holes is uh holes is spelled h-o-l-z oh street cred x is it extreme <laughs> starting with an x extreme <laughs> gut holes i saw it was sam elliott's birthday oh speaking big of bowling big fan of sam elliott because yeah. uh Mainly because of Roadhouse, probably the greatest movie ever made. I think you'd agree. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, as the narrator in uh, Big Lebowski. The dude abides. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. It's good knowing he's out there. The dude taking her easy for all us sinners. All right, August 10th. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sworn in as a Supreme Court justice, becoming the second second woman after uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Quite a tough lady, too. She's I know she's battled cancer on and off, and she's nearing, you know, she's 80-something. Seems like liberals around the country are, like, on the edge of their seat every time. They're just waiting for something bad to happen to her. Right. It's a 5-4 a five four, uh, majority conservative court right now. Ruth Bader, if you're listening, try a, sm- a lighter pair of, of glasses. I'm concerned about the top heaviness at this point, <laughs> <laughs> causing her demise. I think it might just be osteoporosis, Aaron, that's well, kind no, of look taking at the, effect. The glasses are not helping. Rosanna Arquette, born... And Nate, I'm sure as a music guy, you know that the two songs that were inspired by. Did you say two songs? Two. Yeah. Rosanna by Toto, of course. And In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Both did not know that. uh, Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. She likes uh, really unattractive rock stars, huh? Yeah. She didn't even like the cool guy in Toto. She was dating the Steve Picaro, the keyboard player. In an, a band full of ugly guys, you're going for the ugliest guy. That's not a great choice. In your eyes, the light, the heat. I am complete. In your eyes, see the 
I saw this, the great masticator, Horace Fletcher, was born. I don't think he's known well today, but he was pretty famous back in the day. He founded a belief that each bite of food must be chewed thoroughly until it was a pulp. He also believed that you should sip all liquids and never gulp. And he believed in teaching children to examine their poop. And ideally, the poop shouldn't stink. So he was known as the great masticator. Not a pretty good masticator. So he thought his shit didn't stink? Exactly. He encouraged others <laughs> to believe the same. Oh, Berkowitz, son of Sam, uh, yeah. was caught 1977, August 10th. Once he was caught, he claimed that a man from 6,000 years ago named Sam spoke to him through his neighbor Sam's... His neighbor's name was Sam, and na- his neighbor's dog was commanding him to kill. You guys hear this? Mm-hmm. No. So, <laughs> I think later he backed down and said that I made all that stuff up. But they went in his apartment after they arrested him. They found satanic graffiti scrawled on the walls, diaries, and details of his cruel activities, and all the fires he had set since 21. It's always interesting to study like what makes serial killers the way they are. But see, Berkowitz had always uh, believed that his mom died at birth, but he found out at age 22 that she was still alive. And when he met her, she was disinterested. And so that really grew in him this angst and I guess anger towards women. All I can think about is how many people 6,000 years ago were named Sam? (laughs) Sam and Rick and Randy all hanging out. 1966, the U.S. Treasury discontinues the printing of the $2 bill. I remember as a kid getting some $2 bills and being really excited. And then later realizing that it's just $2. And you're not supposed to spend them. Save those. They'll be worth $2 someday. I don't think this happens anymore. We used to get bonds or or what were those called? Mm -hmm. Yep. Savings bonds. Yeah, for like $50. And you're like, oh, I have $50. And you're like, no, in 15 years, it'll be $50. And it's like, great. Thank you. I think they've. So, cro- I think bonds have crossed over into negative territory. <laughs> they did for a short time anyway. That would suck. <laughs> my bond, my twenty year bonds matured. Here you go. Okay, you owe us seventeen dollars. Sixteen twenty eight. Nate, did you catch this one? No, the, but uh, you're in my time frame. I know. Swedish warship Vasa. It was uh, elaborately constructed. It was considered to be like this great warship. And it sank 20 minutes into the maiden voyage. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't even have time. They were supposed to fire the cannon ceremoniously, and they didn't have time to fire them before they sank. But they've uh, they've since pulled it up, and it's now Sweden's like one of their biggest uh, tourist attractions, and widely recognized as a symbol of the Swedish Empire. August 11th. I saw that in 1896, the official sign of poverty was patented. It was an electric light bulb socket with a pull chain. it doesn't get any worse than that i think if you walk into a room and you see a a light bulb with a pull chain you know that either either you're about to be murdered or it's very poor i can picture a smell to that room that you're (laughs) the room with that light in it it's got a certain smell it's every upstairs in brandon iowa (laughs) when you go up you can see like the the wood through the plaster single bulb like this is our grandparent upstairs it's like uh some of those old stuffed animals that were like hard rather than soft mm. some old blankets that are and i'm just trying to think of what was up there they had a they had a pencil sharpener screwed into the wall white paint you know the place yeah i remember one morning i was staying at a friend's house woke up in the morning used their bathroom and uh when i sat my head back up i hit my head on something and i'm like what and it was a pencil sharpener 
there's a pencil sharpener right next to the toilet, like literally where your head would go. So you couldn't even, you couldn't really even sit straight up. You'd have to kind of angle your body to not hit the pencil sharpener. Did it have to go there? It did a behind the head maneuver when you're on the toilet. Yeah. I think I hit it pretty hard and I'm like, what is that? And it was a pencil sharpener. Because not only are you using a pencil on a toilet, you're using them so much that you need to resharpen. You guys know my love for uh, balloons yeah. and everything balloons. 1978, first manned transatlantic unpowered balloon crossing. Three Americans took off from Maine on August 11th, and they arrived in France six days later. How did the, how wow. small does that basket feel? Oh. How many people? Uh, three. Wow. But the basket's like three by three. How do you poop and sleep and... <laughs> Off the edge. Yeah. Well, at, least there, at least there wasn't a pencil sharpener when you're trying to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Just like take all the ten- supplies you'd need for a six-day trip. I mean, you'd have to bring s- some stuff, and there's no room. <laughs> ten minutes in, they're like, they see the shore going into the distance. They're like nose to nose. They're like, how far did you say this? How long was this going to be? August 11th, 1989, U.S. Vice President Dan Quayle says, Mars is essentially in the same orbit. Mars is somewhat the same distance from the sun, which is very important. We have seen pictures where there are canals and water. If there is water, that means there is oxygen. That means we can breathe. Uh, Dan Quayle, God bless you. I like how he just keeps trailing. And if we can breathe, then we can do (laughs) blow up balloons. Clara Peller died. She's the where's the beef lady. So <laughs> big news day. Actually, she got fired from Wendy's because she did a Prego spaghetti sauce where someone said, or she wondered, where's the beef? And then said, I found it. I really found it. So Wendy's Terminator contract signing that she was only allowed to find the beef at Wendy's. <laughs> that Dave so. Thomas, that heartless SOB. Where's the beef? Okay, August 12th. I didn't know this. Um, two years ago, U.S. man steals a plane from Seattle Tacoma International Airport, flies for an hour chased by military jets before crashing on Keytron Island. I the lots of keys in it. Yeah. yeah all right, all right. He's just like sweeping up, mopping around it, going doo-doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> sweeping closer. <laughs> Sir, your ID badge is printed on a cracker. Uh, well, I'm new here, so... Inventor of the modern submarine died in 1914, which makes me wonder about the the not modern submarine. I want to know those trials. <laughs> not the safest form of transportation. Didn't they have? <laughs> yeah. a, so, in what year was the modern one invented? 1881. So, I want the 16. I want the ancient submarine attempts. It's, it's a guy on a bicycle. Okay, so it says he built the first modern one in 1881 and the first practical one in 1898. <laughs> so there were apparently 18 years of unpractical <laughs> submarines. 18 years of dead guys floating around. <laughs> For the first few years, he tried to build it out of mesh, <laughs> wire mesh. August 13th. Greyhound uh, becomes uh, the first U.S. bus line founded by Carl Williams in 1914. All right. So that's huge. Because without founding a Greyhound, uh, you would not have been on that bus, Aaron, and you would not have let your clothes at the back. (laughs) 
I told, I don't know what episode we told this on, but we were going back from to Iowa from LA, and I, di- I just had the thought, oh, I need to wash my clothes, um, and so I did, and then they weren't dry. So I put them in a garbage bag and stuffed them behind the back seat of the Greyhound bus. And I sat up front and then, I don't know, a few hours in, the complaints started. What's that smell? <laughs> but did you cover yourself by joining in the complaints? <laughs> yeah, let's get them. Who was it? Did you uh, point out the guy next to you like, I think I saw this guy put it in back. <laughs> and he's like, huh? I don't. I was just sitting there like sweating, waiting for them to find the clothes. Not to... I guess I just would have lost all my clothes. That would have been, but they never did. I I waited till the the bus fully emptied and then snuck back there and grabbed the bag real quick. It would have been awesome if they were all waiting outside the bus. (laughs) (laughs) But of course you had to throw out the clothes because they're just ruined anyway. The whole thing was a debacle from the start. So what was the thing? They were sweaty or they were wet? No, I had just washed them and then I was going to throw them in the dryer. So then Matt was like, we got to go. We got to go to the Greyhound station. So I instinctively grabbed a garbage bag and threw them all into it. (laughs) Yeah, The legend started from there. (laughs) It probably didn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out (laughs) which bag smelled. You got a suitcase, (laughs) travel bag, (laughs) trash bag. I have uh, Helen Gurley Brown died. She was the editor of Cosmopolitan Magazine, and it says which published the first nude male centerfold of Burt Reynolds, which, Nate, I know that you have saved and bring out every once in a while. I've made many a meme out of that picture. (laughs) I think he's on a bearskin rug, too. It's the perfect 70s hairy man pose. There wasn't enough hair. They needed a bearskin rug. It it goes seamlessly from the rug to his chest hair. You can't even (laughs) discern which is which. The first roller derby league was uh, formed in 1935 called the Transcontinental Roller Derby. There's a roller derby league in Eugene, I think, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, exclusively girls that are tougher than me with tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. do they bring you into the room when they have tryouts? Do they bring you into the room? As <laughs> scared a, me as a comparison. <laughs> if Aaron wets himself, you make the team. All right, August fourteenth. I had Steve Martin was born August fourteenth. <clears throat> You guys like Steve Martin? I, I do. I, I don't think he's the funniest guy in the world, but I read his biography, Born Standing Up, and it's just such a great read about his life and about how he became like the most popular comedian in, the, in America. First guy to do stadiums. He started off at, at Disneyland in the Magic Shop and then went to Knott's Berry Farm and was there for a few years in that little theater there. At the end of the book, he goes back and kind of sneaks in Knott's Berry Farm and they close the theater up and he gets to go on there. It's, it's just, it makes you tear up. It's it's a good book. I really like Steve Martin. You know, they say you can make a smart person laugh or a dumb person laugh. I think yeah. Steve Martin could do both. I bought some pretty good stuff. I got a fur sink. <laughs> Gasoline-powered turtleneck sweater. (laughs) And, of course, I bought some dumb stuff, too, you know. It's not a happy sound. It was just... You just can't sing a depressing song when you're playing the banjo. You just can't go, Oh, death and grief and sorrow and murder. Oh, and this one I had a good um, 
from crazy to Guinness. The longest team trampoline bouncing marathon. Six guys bounced on a trampoline for 52 days straight. Whoa. No, no, that's yeah. not even possible. They took turns. I mean, longest team oh, is okay. a team game. So it's team trampoline. But I just imagine like the guys or whoever it is, you know, trying to get off work. Uh, I need to take leave um, for a couple months. They're like, well, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> I'm going to jump on a trampoline for two months. I'm yeah. guessing these guys were all single or divorced by the end of <laughs> <laughs> my passion honey 1969 Woodstock opens in upstate New York the most interesting thing to me about Woodstock is the security at Woodstock you guys know about this no huh so Obviously, it was way overran. They had way more people than I thought there was going to be. There was a food shortage. There was they didn't have enough bathrooms. But in five hundred thousand kids came. But in that time, <clears throat> there were no incidents of violence at the festival. And they chalk it up to uh, a lot of it to the security that they hired. So they didn't hire normal security. They hired this guy named Wavy Gravy mm-hmm. and the Hog Farm, which is a commune. He was like this clown guy. And instead of uh, telling people what to do, they would say, please, all the time. And they'd say, please don't do that. Please do this instead. And when the press asked him how he was going to handle security or what he was going to use to maintain order, he said cream pies and seltzer bottles. And so they did this weird, like the opposite of like, like a stormtrooper. Like they did this weird, like nice security project. He would get up on stage and talk about um, how much food they had left and how everybody needed to share if they could. And he was such a clowny, like inoffensive guy that he really resonated with the crowd. And it all worked out. There was no, there was no violence there the whole time. Good morning. What we have in mind is breakfast in bed for 400,000. Now, it's not going to be steak and eggs or anything, but it's going to be good food and we're going to get it to you. It's not just the hog farm either. It's like the Ojai Mountain family and the pranksters and everybody else that has volunteered and put in their time into the free kitchens. In fact, it's everybody. We're all feeding each other. We must be in heaven, man. Nineteen fourteen, the Panama Canal opens. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you imagine trying to dig that with the technology of nineteen fourteen? They even have like steam shovels then yet, like a crude backhoe type thing. I think they had a crude submarine. I don't know if it helped. <laughs> it wasn't practical. The guy's like paddling; he's barely making it. You guys need help? Okay, great. Thanks. Am I helping? Am I helping? Can you give me some help? I saw Wilford Brimley died this week. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, I know. Sad. Yeah, Did he, he die of diabetes? Uh, I'm assuming so, yes. <laughs> it goes without saying. Uh, it's like the guys, if you ever watch, it seems to be on Fox, where they talk about catheters a lot. The commercials, well, there's a lot of catheter commercials when they cath. Do you cat? That's like a new verb. <laughs> it's it's for all the it's for all the hip old people. <laughs> what are you, are you I'm totally capping right now. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Think Funny podcast with Aaron Donnelly, Matt Donnelly. This is Nate Sadler. Make sure to check us out on uh, Twitter at ThinkFunnyPodC1. Thanks for listening. What's it called again, Matt? It's called Gut Holes. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more. (laughs) 